Happy Wednesday. Cheers, Zara hello, and everybody hello. else. Cheers. Yeah, so welcome to the business windup. How is everybody doing today? Uh, so this week's topic is creating a marketing plan for your ideal client and business model, right? And what we challenged you all to do last week was to download the worksheet that Zara uh, provided and actually do this, do the worksheet and visualize and uh, form up your ideal client. So I want to know who did that and what results you got. So if you're here and you did that and you have your results, post them in the chat. In the meantime, uh, Zara also posted about this in the group and I just wanted to quickly run over those as well as share my ideal client that we worked up on the podcast only case study that Zara and I are doing together. And that is debuting, when is that debuting? That's debuting the next 17th. Monday. Yeah, the 17th. All right, so for my client profile, uh, I'm looking for a professional cosplayer. Uh, this is a person who goes to a lot of cons, is a cosplay guest, uh, has a pretty strong social media presence, typically on Instagram, but also on YouTube and or Twitch. And uh, as a cosplayer, they obviously really enjoy cosplay and the excitement and fun of bringing a character to life. So uh, they invest a lot of time and effort into the cosplay itself. And that may be in the form of the actual build that they do, which is literally their time and effort creating the cosplay and or money that they spend on the materials and or custom pieces for that cosplay. So they're, they're invested in this. Uh, and that's the kind of person that I'm looking for to invest in the products that I'm going, or the services that I'm going to build up to deliver to these kinds of people. Um, the, the cosplayers skew female, but uh, are male as well, and I'm, I'm more than happy to shoot both of those types of clients. And uh, they're also usually socially progressive, so th they try to bring positivity into the world with what they're doing. So that's that's the picture that I have currently of my ideal client. Go ahead, Zara. And I will say that's like a pretty detailed idea of your client or a detailed and, uh, vision. Mm -hmm. And I think that it has come such a long way from where, like where we started, where like initially I asked you that question of like, who's your ideal client? And you were like, cosplayers. <laughs> and and that's, I think that's kind of where we all start. And I think yeah. people like, it's such a hard question to answer. But like once you start kind of, getting into the meat of it of like, okay, so it is a cosplayer, but there's different categories. Right? Yes. Like I want the professional cosplayers. I want the ones who are making money off of this so that when I sell them the service, it's actually making their life easier. And that's kind of what we're going to talk about now is like, we're going to create these marketing plans to be based around pain points that our clients have. Yes. Yes, exactly. Uh, so, should we cover uh, the couple of posts that we got in the chat? Uh, or I mean, I'm sorry, in the uh, uh, the cosplay profiles we... <laughs> the cosplay <laughs> profiles. My brain's on mine. The client profiles that uh, other people created. <laughs> um, yeah, let's let's kind of touch base on that. And then All right. We'll, we'll move on to today's stuff. Okay, sounds good. Real quick, just want to say hello to Dean and Tim and Mike and Drew and Kimberly uh, everybody who's joining us on the stream, we have Pierre, and uh, welcome everybody. If you have questions as we're talking about anything, uh, go ahead and post them into the chat, and we'll try to answer them either during the conversation as it goes or uh, at the end of the show. So 
for uh, ideal clients, um, Harry posted on your uh, uh, commented on your post in the chat that Harry hasn't identified his client yet. So that's something that he needs to work on. Where Molly actually said kids with special needs, but Zara, you came back and made a really good point, which is, uh, are the kids the client? Or is right. it the parents that you're targeting? You may be photographing. So a really, that's a really excellent thing to think about, which is, okay, maybe you're photographing kids, but are the kids the clients? They're not. They're the subject you photograph. The clients are the people that actually hire you to photograph them. So in, in Molly's case, then, this would be parents who have children with special needs. Right. Uh, Mike said, still looking for myself, maybe one with realistic timelines, including retouch-ups. Um, so, Mike, I'm curious about what you mean by that. So if you want to clarify uh, in the chat, I, I think clarifying that would be really interesting. Um, right. I'm actually a little confused because um, the, the realistic timelines or expectations, in my case, is something that you set for your clients mm -hmm. versus them dictating it. So, yeah, I, I would love to hear kind of where you're going with that and who specifically that applies to. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Um, Tony said engaged couples with a sense of adventure and share love with nature and hiking. Um, then he says, however, my portfolio doesn't really represent that. And I think it's worth saying that that's not a problem as long as you nope. build your portfolio to reflect that. Right, and I think that's also part of like, once you identify your ideal client, you can now start targeting who you want by creating the specific products and services to reflect that. So, you know, if you want to get those adventure couples, then you need to find, you know, excuse me, a few friends who, um, friends or like actual clients or whatever that are willing to go on a little adventure and hike up and do all of that and then photograph them so that you can show in your portfolio that you have this ability to do it. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of times our clients don't know what they want. And so if we show them what they want, they will want it. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, you know, and, and just to kind of point that out on a, on a sort of bigger scale, that's basically what Apple tries to do, right? Like the iPhone. Nobody knew they wanted that until Apple came out with it. And everybody says Steve Jobs was really good at understanding what people wanted that they didn't even understand that they wanted. So if you can understand that same thing, then you're going to put yourself in a really strong market position. Right. And Apple still has been doing that. I just yeah. switched over to an, an iPhone because it will make my life easier. Literally, the reason why I switched <clears throat> over is because there are several apps that aren't available on Android and they will make my workflow easier and they will make my life easier. So I'm going to buy the product that solves my issue, which exactly. is having a better workflow. <laughs> exactly. Way to go, Apple. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Way to go. <laughs> and, and that, I mean, but that's so illustrative, right? Because if you have the thing that the people want or perceive that they need, uh, then they will give you their money. Right, exactly. All right. Shane's ideal client is Shanika. He says she thinks she can't afford a real photographer. Uh, she generally doesn't make a ton of money, has children, and wants something better than her smartphone can deliver. And then uh, I'm probably going to say this incorrectly. Uh, Vovik Aaron said female, 27 to 45, ma 45, and married in a professional career. Yep. That's Aaron. Aaron and Elizabeth Aaron. out okay. of Minnesota. Ah. Um, they're, yeah, they're by you. They have an incredible okay. boudoir studio, Four Girls Boudoir. 
Ah, so awesome. they they're actually doing incredibly well. I'm so proud of them. So. That's fantastic. That's really fantastic. Uh, and then in the in the live chat, Drew said, "My ideal client is a mom with children over ten that own their home. They like to eat and shop at locally owned businesses. They enjoy DIY type programs, but don't have the skills to build bigger pieces. They are active on Pinterest with a defined style." I don't have children over four, but Drew and I have actually talked about this. Like, I'm his ideal client. Mm -hmm. I love watching, you know, all those shows on, what is it, like HGTV? Yeah, yep, yep. And I love having, like, customized pieces. I love home decor, but, like, I hate doing it myself. So, like, <laughs> I hire people to do this stuff for me. Mm -hmm. And it's perfect. Um, and so, yeah, like, knowing knowing that client, so now he knows exactly who he can target. Right. And and with and knowing like you're one of his ideal clients, like that's even better because he could he could essentially use you for market research. Right, um, right, yeah. and that's a really great point. So like once you identify this client, look in your circle. Who do you have that is your ideal client, and ask them questions. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm, absolutely. Um, uh, Nicole said, "Ideal client: people with money." Yep. Just. Just a note here, Nicole is a little bit of a smartass, <laughs> and that's why we love her. But that's actually a good point. Like, you want people who can actually afford to pay you, right? Mm -hmm. Like, <laughs> people need to be able to pay you. So, you, if you're targeting someone who, you know, is maybe making twenty thousand dollars a year and is barely making ends meet, photography is a luxury. Mm -hmm. So they're not going to be able to afford that. They might want to, and they might make a way to, but I, in general, they're not going to be able to. Right, right. Yeah, that's a really excellent point. Uh, TC Connor has a question that I think we'll save for uh, a little bit later because I think this the, it goes perfectly with uh, the topic of the day. Mm -hmm. And uh, Mike did clarify for us. He said, doing product photography, I get customers waiting for the last minute and think it's, oh, just take a photo. It's not that hard. Uh, and then deliver it. So, gotcha. Yeah, and and I would say this, Mike. Um, part of your marketing strategy would be uh, some amount of education to your clients, mm -hmm. uh, and and that could be, you know, behind the scenes type stuff that shows all that goes into it. That could be, you know, articles or blog posts that detail the process, stuff like that. Yep. That that sort of pulls the curtain back and shows the wizard behind the curtain. Right, or even adding like an FAQ, FAQ, right? Yep, yep, yep. That, that, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> whatever um, section to your uh, website that goes over what to expect, like when your clients are reaching out to you, what should they expect? What is the turnaround time and stuff like that? So if you put it on there, um, then they can't really complain. Mm -hmm. um, on top of you know making sure that it's also in your contract that this is my turnaround time. And if someone does reach out to you last minute and wants things, you know, within 24 hours, then charge them extra for that convenience. Right, right. And that, that could be, that actually can be a way that you could target your clients too, right? Because if you realize that you have a lot of people who are doing this at the last minute, well, charge a commensurate price, charge the rust job price, right? Uh, right. And, and then you can be the guy that is able to deliver product photography at the last minute and you charge, you know, you charge more because you're working harder and faster, but you know, that could actually be a niche that you, you go after. 
Right. And then on top of it, it will also teach those clients because you're in a sense, because you're charging them more, you're punishing them. It can teach them to make sure to come earlier or like they know that the next set of products they get, they book you when they get those products versus waiting until the last minute because now they've learned their lesson. And if they haven't learned the le their lesson, then you're making more money. Right. In and general. so this is this is this is actually an interesting thing that happened. Um, there was a, a bit of research that was done. Uh, Zari might uh, <laughs> have some slight experience with this. Uh, it was a daycare center. And there were parents that were constantly showing up late to pick up their children. And they had like a hard cut off time for the pickup for whatever reason it was. And they were frustrated by that. So they decided to institute a penalty to uh, try to deter parents from showing up late to pick up their children. Yeah. And what they found, what they found is that with the penalty, more people were showing up late. Oh, no. Yeah, because they figured, oh, I can just pay and then I show up late. Oh, I'm going to do that because that's more convenient for me. <laughs> right. So, right. yeah. So doing that might actually build you a market that makes you more money than you would expect. That's actually really interesting. I know a lot yeah. of daycares I looked at, it's like it's a dollar to two dollars a minute. If you're mm -hmm. late, like daycare is expensive as is, and right. like another dollar on top of it a minute, <laughs> that's insane. Yeah, if it's a high enough charge, it'll probably make that deterrence. But I think right. uh, if I remember correctly, whatever it was, it was like a flat fee, and oh. and parents were just like, whatever, I'll pay twenty more bucks if I can show up late or something yep, like that. I yeah. would. Yeah, if it was a flat fee, if it wasn't <laughs> charging me per per minute. Right. <laughs> I mean, uh, same concept with tollways, right? Like, yeah, I paid yeah. the toll. Like last year when I did my taxes, I had paid like twenty eight hundred dollars to the toll mm -hmm. uh, toll bill, and I was like, oh my goodness. But it was easier. Like at the time, we were living like right off the tollway, and so it was easier for me to get to my clients to get to things because it was saving me, you know, fifteen twenty minutes at a time um, mm -hmm. and yeah, I, I paid for it. Right, yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know, you, you, you pay for the stuff that you want or you need. Yep, that uh, makes your life easier. Exactly, so we've got one more client profile from Dean and then we should probably get into today's topic, huh? I think so. All right, Dean's ideal client is pet owners, ideally dog owners who want a classic or funky image of their cherished pet. Perfect. Yes, yes. And you can, you know, you can specify that a little bit more or a little further with big dogs, little dogs, you know, dogs that are in um, competition, like competition quality dogs and so on to kind of get to a point of figuring out who ideally or where they hang out and all that. So, but yeah, pet, pet photography is awesome. Mm -hmm. Man, you can yeah. make some money on that. Yeah, you can definitely make some money off that. All right, so uh, we need to create a marketing plan for your ideal client. Zara, how the hell do we do that? <laughs> okay, so there's a couple of steps, and we'll go through them, but the base is you evaluate your current market is your starting point. You're going to create an, uh, a goal, like an end goal for your marketing plan. So what is it that you want to do, or what is it that you want to achieve? Um, you're going to find your ideal client. You're going to find what pain points they have. Um, and then you are going to start creating a list of everything you can do to get to your marketing for your ideal client and then set a budget. So we'll kind of go through each one of the 
each one of the topics. Sorry, I'm looking at my notes so I don't get off track because we all know how easy it is for me to squirrel. Ooh, shiny. Um, all right, so we're going to start out with evaluating your current market. And this one's kind of tricky. A lot of people, when they go to do kind of their market research, start looking at, especially with creatives, like we start looking at everyone else who's providing the service in our area, and then we get really discouraged because we're like, we can't beat them on price. Like they're getting way more work. You know, their their work is beautiful or, oh, their work is crap. Like we start judging them and I want you to leave that at the door. <laughs> like stop judging them. Stop taking it personally. Look at like the services that they're providing, what they aren't providing and what they are doing really well. We can always learn from people around us. Don't let it get you down if like you're seeing them constantly post this beautiful work or constantly it looks like they're super busy. Like what you see on social media is a highlight reel. What you see on people's websites is 1% of their best work. It is not truly a reality, like you're not in their shoes. So don't let what you're seeing discourage you. Just figure out like facts. What are they doing? Who are they marketing? Where are they shooting? What are they charging? And then figure out what they're lacking in. And that lack is kind of how we're gonna build your ideal business marketing plan so that you can fill a niche that's needed and provide a service that's not provided. So from there, once you figure it out, look at where there's that need. That's like your biggest, biggest, clue as to how to build a marketing plan. Once we have that, we're going to go ahead and create a list. And I usually say you want three to five things. What is the end goal of the marketing effort, right? It can be things like I want to bring in, you know, 20 leads or I want to generate uh, X amount of dollars from this marketing effort. We're looking at this. It's almost like a mini business plan for just one thing in your business. Um, other examples could be, I want to book, you know, five clients from this marketing effort, or I want to create awareness around an event, or you want to bring awareness to something. Now, I always say like these goals need to be measurable because if they're like arbitrary goals of like, oh, I just want to make this thing popular. It, you're not going to be able to gauge how well your marketing effort actually went. Mm -hmm. So especially if you're putting money into it, like you need to know that that money spent is actually resulting in clients or leads or actually going towards something versus it just going poof. For example, like I did, um, like our local high schools have programs for their sports teams and I ended up doing a add in there, just supporting the local schools, which was actually kind of a silly idea, but um, it was $1,400 for one school. And I was like, oh, okay, like cool. Like it'll get them, you know, in the parents' hands, like they have a bunch of seniors, especially if it's the varsity teams, um, it'll generate leads. But I had no way to measure that. Like I ask every single client um, where they come from or like how they were referred to me, how they found me. Um, but like, I never put that on my questionnaire of like, oh, they, you know, saw my ad in this program. And so I ha I spent $1,400 and I have no idea if I actually got any business from them. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go ahead and assume I didn't because I didn't actually get any seniors from that school. Like they might still come over the summer, but there's no way for me to know specifically if I got it from that versus if I do, if I have a boudoir client who's coming from an ad in the bridal magazine, 
like I know, okay, you came from the bridal magazine because you're telling me this. So mm-hmm. make sure it's measurable and you know where the, these people are coming from. Okay. Can we can we back up for a second? Yeah. yeah. Um, when it comes to doing the actual, like evaluating your current market, um, could you put some bounds around that for people? So like um, how many of their competitors should they be looking at? Um, how much time should they be spending on this? Like, what's a sufficient amount of, of research for people to do so that they have a decent understanding? Uh, and what, um, yeah, let me stop there. Okay. <laughs> um, I would say just spend like a day because these aren't, like, you're not building a business plan. You're just looking at one specific thing. And to add to that, like, look at maybe like three to five other photographers or other businesses that you know are in your niche so like if you're like drew and you build custom diy projects look at like who else is in your area who's doing that um the other part that i guess i kind of skipped over on this is to also look at your clients so look at who's living in your area like what what is their market but that kind of goes into your ideal client Mm -hmm. um there's, there's obviously overlap on these things. Right. And so looking at just a general idea, you don't need to get super specific. Like this isn't something you're going to take to a bank to get a loan for. But this is something that you need to have a pretty good idea of where you stand in that market so that you know if you're going to need to step up your game or like you're already providing something that someone else isn't. But I would say like three to five other people who are providing the same business in your area would be a good place to kind of stop. Or if you have someone who you really admire, maybe there's like one or two people like you really admire or they seem to be like doing really well, just kind of take a look at like what they're doing and find the holes in their their market or in their um, business model, I Mm -hmm. guess. Okay. Okay, so then evaluate the current market, and with that, you're looking for the hole, and yep. the hole is basically the thing you're trying to fill, right? Yep, exactly. So that's part of the goal setting for the marketing plan. Like, I've identified this area of opportunity that I can mm-hmm. seize upon based upon my competitors in the current market, and now I'm going to build a plan around that thing right? and define some goals around that. So that's where we're at right now, right? Yep. Okay. Absolutely. All right. Um, like, for example, my, my newest venture is kind of getting back into um, more weddings, but I don't want to do the regular wedding. So, like, I looked around my area. There's a million and five photographers. There's a million and five people that claim that they are doing weddings. And I look back at my clients, and I was like, well, the ones that I really enjoy are these elopement-style weddings. So now I'm targeting clients who either want an elopement wedding or they're looking to um, add like a day before, a day after that is like an elopement styled shoot because that's what I enjoy. That's what I want to provide. And I don't like there might be like a handful of people who do that, but there's no one in my exact area and no one who does it as well as me. So that's my new little market that I'm going to target. So any other questions on that? No, I'm good with that. And I haven't seen anything uh, coming up in the chat as far as questions go. Mike did make a comment. This is something that you can do um, depending upon how you're marketing. But he said, what about using a promo code to track your ads? Um, Yep, you can. Yeah. Absolutely. 
that's actually a really good way, and I do a lot of that with my education stuff, is because um, I'll do cross promotional marketing with other educators, and so if they're sending me, um, they're sending me clients, they get a discount code that they can provide, and then I can keep track of because I also end up giving them a portion of my sales. So it works out really well, and that's a really great way to track them, and you can do it with just any client. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. So what kind of um, what kind of goals can people use to um, wrap around their market wrap their marketing plan around? So my typical one is I either go for a monetary amount or I go for a booked clients amount. Mm-hmm. So typically I'll do you know I want. So let's say I am doing the elopement style wedding marketing. Mm -hmm. My goal for that would be 10 weddings a year. And I know that I average about 3,600 to 4,200 a wedding. So I would set my monetary goal at about 40,000 for these weddings. Mm -hmm. Um, And those would be my two measurable steps. Like, okay, did I get 10 clients, did I get to $40,000 for my wedding, for that specific category of weddings? And then I can kind of look and see, okay, maybe I only got six clients, but I made 52,000. Mm-hmm. Or maybe I got my 10 clients, but I was at 35,000. So like, that will help me to further break down where I need to market. And it'll also help me improve in, okay, what am I doing to pull these clients in? Right. Um, So I would say those would be my two best suggestions for where to set your goals. Mm -hmm. But again, you can do like if you are doing, you know, an event with a charity or something like that, and you're trying to get engagement for that, you can set it at, okay, we want to see, you know, 500 people being reached per day on this ad and almost everywhere that you place an ad like Facebook, Instagram, Google, you can track how many people were reached. Mm -hmm. Um, So just things that are measurable, like you have to have a way to track it. Right, right. Because otherwise you're just blowing money. Mm -hmm. So how about we do a little case study here? Okay. Um, Amanda says, how do you break into freelancing for events such as motorsports? So with that as an example, like what steps would you take to um, to do that with your marketing plan? Um, okay, so motorsports, so you are going to be targeting people who like cars, motorcycles. They're usually hanging out at racetracks. Um, maybe they're hanging out at the local, you know, like Harley Davidson or if you have a different motocross kind of shop. So now you know where your clients hang out. And the service that you would be providing for them is obviously photography. I'm guessing, right? Are we, is Amanda talking about photography? I'm yeah, going to yeah. go ahead and assume because I think I saw a picture of hers pop up. That yeah, was- and, and she wants to start freelancing for the events. So that's what she's looking to do is be photographing the motorsport events. So now once you know where everyone hangs out, you're going to go hang out with them and try to figure out who exactly is in charge of these events. And once you know who's in charge, that's the person that you need to start talking to. Um, I would say going to a couple of events and making sure you have photos, and I'm assuming you do because you've been posting them. Um, Obviously having a portfolio to show these people once you go in. So you figure out who's in charge of these events, who their promoters are, who their sponsors are, 
and then you reach out to them. But if that's not a feasible option, I would go to the people who are racing. So do you know some of the drivers? Do you know some of their families? These people are going to want their images. And so I would say if you're going to an event, and I actually have a friend who does this for concerts. Um, he'll do small concerts. So he goes to the events. He photographs the concert. He photographs the performers. He photographs the audience. And then he puts up a gallery for these people to go purchase their images. They don't have to purchase everyone. They can just purchase the ones that include them or their family, their friends. And that's how he makes his money. He's done the same thing with bodybuilding. Um, he goes to the bodybuilding shows and he'll do stills and videos of the competitors on stage. And then he sells them that marketing package. You get your video, you get your stills to use for promotion or just as memories. Mm -hmm. um, he did that for a while and then people started recognizing him. So the people who are promoting the show, people who were sponsoring the show started recognizing him. And now he's the only photographer allowed backstage for a lot of these events. So just finding, like you found a niche. So you found that motocross, maybe there's not a lot of people who are photographing this events. You have been doing it, so you have the portfolio. Now you just need to get in front of the people who are promoting. And Amanda just wrote that she has a good friend who is the promoter. Perfect. So, you know, I would talk to them. And it could be that the event isn't going to pay you because she's saying it's difficult to get paid work. Mm -hmm. But if they are only allowing you to photograph it, then you. then you have that market. And so mm -hmm. I would talk to them and say, hey, I will provide you with promotional images, you know, either at a low cost or even maybe for free for the privilege of allowing me to be the only photographer and then giving me the email addresses for all the people who are competing so that I can email them and say, hey, here's a link to your photos or even send the link to the promoter himself or mm -hmm. herself and have them mail it out to their list and say, hey, here's all the pictures from the show. You guys can go ahead and purchase right through the link. Yeah. And and also um, she mentioned that some people want to buy prints, but I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, the, if you're the exclusive photographer, then just like the, the guy who does the bodybuilding and whatnot, you can be the only one who has the images they want to buy. You can sell those prints through a website that does the fulfillment for you. Shootproof yep. is, is a perfect example of one. And you can yep. also sell digitals at, um, so you can have different price points for the people who are looking to purchase this stuff. Uh, and when you're, when, you're, when you're setting this whole thing up, also make sure that you are provided the access you need to get the kind of photos you want. So if you're providing the free or you know you're you're dealing for the exclusivity of being the only photographer and in exchange like Zara said you're giving low cost or free promotional materials to be used by the promoter. Make sure that they're giving you access that you're not just sitting in the stands like a regular spectator to do this that you're actually like part of the event. Because that will allow you to create even better images, which is going to raise the likelihood that you're going to sell them. And it's going to put you in connection with the kind of people you want to be connected with. And that will start right. building your network. And just to you know, make a point on the shoot proof, because I got Spiros on this too, is you um, they work with several different professional labs. So they work with Miller's, they work with White House Custom Color, they work with uh, Bay Photo. There's several that you can pick from. Um, and what you do is you set everything up and you have 
uh, shoot proof fulfill it. So literally you load the images up, you have your prices set, they go through and they click on the images that they want, they purchase whatever they want, the lab will directly ship that to your client and then shoot proof will give you your cut of the money from the sale. So it's super easy to set it up, um, especially for things like um, event photography. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Um, Drew added a couple of points. Um, he said uh, another thing you need to do is ID the teams that are at a lot of these events so that you can get a media pass um, for getting access. So um, if you're if you're negotiating with the promoter for that access, then you don't necessarily need the media pass. But I think IDing the teams that are there as well is a good idea because then if you can connect with those teams, that's another way to network with them. And yeah, I think that um, if you already have, because it sounds like she already has access to mm -hmm. all the events and stuff, it's pretty much just setting up a website which Shootproof can help you with. And I, there's a couple of different ones, like there's yeah. PC set and things like that. I just personally prefer Shootproof. I've been with them for years. Mm -hmm. um, and they're just super easy to work with. And once you set that up, then yeah, you just send them a link. Like you just load up those images and send them the link and let it kind of do its own thing. And uh, another thing you can do, I just thought of this too, is if you don't have business cards already, then get business cards that do, do, on ShootProof, you have like a, a sort of like homepage, don't you, Zara? Mm -hmm. Yeah, then, you can. You yeah, can have a storefront. Okay, perfect. Then you could put your ShootProof on the business cards and hand that to everybody, right? And tell them photos will be here, photos will be here, photos will be here, photo will be, you know. Then they go to ShootProof, they see the event. They go to that, they can see yep. all the photos, they have the opportunity to purchase. One of the, one of the important things about all of this is um, you want to try to make it as easy as possible for the people you are targeting to find and or give you their money. If there's friction, they're going to be more likely to abandon any efforts to get the thing that you're trying to give them. Right. All right, uh, let's take a quick break here and talk about our merch. Should we do that, Zara? I mean, I'm all down. I'm all for it. Oh, my God. I can't talk today. I think today needs to be over already. I think you need to drink that wine faster. It might make things worse. All right, so uh, we appreciate very much the time that you guys take to spend with us doing this show. Um, and we would appreciate your support for that as well. So we have a merch store. It's shp.photo slash bizmerch. And uh, there you can pick up cool stuff like pins and mugs and stickers and totes and shirts and all the things. You can get all of the things with the business wind up logo on there. And that helps support Zara and I in uh, making this live stream and podcast happen. Uh, additionally, if you would be interested in wine glasses, let us know in the chat and we will explore the possibility of finding a way to sell wine glasses as well. Since this is the wind up. It is. It yeah. is. Yeah, and, but we would have to probably know how many people want those. Probably. Yeah, yeah, we would. We absolutely would. And the other thing is if you can't support us financially through the merch or whatever, that's totally cool. We totally understand that. But we still appreciate your support in letting other people know about the show, letting them know about the podcast 
podcast, sharing the Facebook group with them and inviting them to join so that they can be part of the show and come and join the party and grow their businesses as well. So uh, check out the merch store, share this stuff with your friends that are trying to build their own business, and uh, let's all grow our businesses together. I agree. All right. I agree. Help us help you. <laughs> exactly. Help us help you. Okay. So we've we've evaluated the actual market and our competitors. We've set some yep. goals for our marketing plan. We just did this mini case study here. Uh, what's next? What do we do now that we have goals for our plan? How do we actually turn that into a plan? So now we go back into that ideal client worksheet. So we had you guys fill it out. And what you need to do is once you figure out who your ideal client is, <laughs> hey, look at the sticker. Um, you will have to figure out what their pain points are. So what is their issue? What is the problem that you need to solve for them? Uh, because really what sells is things that make our lives easier. Like, yes, I will buy things that are pretty and shiny, but that's when I have excess money. The things that I will buy now is things that will make my life easier. Like I literally switched my phone purely because it's going to make my life easier. Um, and a great example of this is, you know, going back to my ideal client, my ideal client the with Boudoir isn't someone who just wants pretty pictures. They have an issue of not feeling beautiful, not feeling appreciated, and not feeling like they're worth it. And when they come to me, the service I provide for them, the experience that I provide makes them feel beautiful, makes them feel like they're worth it, makes them more confident. And that's what they pay me for. Mm -hmm. The pretty pictures are a bonus, but the problem I'm solving is a confidence issue right, with right. my clients. So I found where the niche is. Also going back to, before I open this up to questions, like think of brands like Starbucks. So Starbucks, what was the initial problem, right? People needed coffee. So they started selling coffee. And then people wanted coffee faster and not getting out of their cars. So they opened up drive-throughs. And then people wanted coffee in their houses. So they started selling coffee beans. And then people wanted to just press two buttons to get their coffee. So they put out the Verissimo machine that is the Keurig concept with the pod. They keep solving the new problems that their clients have. The, the next thing they're going to do is create the coffee IV that inserts the yes. needle into your vein <laughs> right before you wake up. And that's your actual alarm is like freebasing yep. <laughs> coffee into your bloodstream by Starbucks. <laughs> I mean, hey, I would buy that. Right? Exactly. <laughs> Uh, an, another example of that is Zara and I were chatting before the show about my, um, and I'm just going to give you a little glimpse into the case study here. I shared my client profile at the beginning, and one of the things that I've started to learn in researching my ideal client more and scoping the market is that what my uh, potential ideal client needs is content because feeding the content machine is is part of what their job is and part of what their business is right. and so if i'm able to provide rather than uh, rather than me just providing photos of their cosplays if i'm providing them content packages that includes like photos behind the scenes photos a whole video an actual finished and edited vlog that they can literally just drop onto their channels and in instagram stories and things like that right like that is is the direction i feel like 
I'm going to be starting to take my my offerings because that looks like a niche that isn't being filled yet. Right, and that's part of you know identifying your ideal client is identifying where those pain points are, and you don't know where those pain points are until you know who you are going to be targeting. Mm -hmm. Exactly. All right. Um, so we need to figure out the service or product that you provide. That's that's what we were just talking about. Now, what do we do with that? We've got the pain point. We know our ideal client. Um, we've framed what we can provide to fit the need that they have, which is also fitting the hole in the market. It's basically, right. we're trying to take um, our square puzzle piece and, and fit it and make, make that fit into the hole that is the customer's need. Right. And so once you have figured that out, now it's time to actually figure out which one of your services is going to fit that opportunity. And so I always sit down and make a list of every possible service that I provide. So I can do portrait sessions, I can do wedding sessions, I can do branding sessions, I can do business coaching, I can create content. What am I going to be able to use to fit this market? Things like, okay, so I know it's going to be a photo session, but well, what kind of a photo session? Am I providing them an on location? Am I providing them an in-studio session? Am I providing them a lifestyle session? So. My example of the problem would be, um, let's say a client has young children who she feels, or he, um, are uncooperative. So they can't do a session, a family session, because the kids are just all over the place. How do you market to that client? You can provide them with a mini session setting where it's 15 to 20 minutes and they're in and out and they're like, okay, I can deal with my screaming child for 15 minutes. Um, another solution would be a lifestyle session. So you say, okay, I'm gonna you know, come to you or we're gonna go to a park and we're just gonna let the kids do whatever they want and I guarantee you I will capture some images that you love and I can guarantee you you will because parents love their kids and therefore any picture of them is gonna be great, especially if they're difficult kids. Parents are gonna really appreciate the fact that you can actually capture them. Um, another solution to that would be providing and proving that you have experience dealing with kids. So showing them images of you working with kids, showing them the behind the scenes footage, showing them you you know, getting the child to cooperate, whether it's through bribes or whatever, figure it out. Um, but there is three solutions to one problem. So which way are you gonna go or are you gonna provide some kind of a combination of those? And there's, I'm sure a million other examples. It's just, these were the three that I could come up with on the spot. Um, so figuring out the problem and then listing out what services you have and how those services can be the solution to that problem is going to mm -hmm. be your next step. So any questions on that? Uh, I don't think we have any questions, but I would just add, I would just add that um, when you're doing all of this, uh, I think the, the real key, again, is to think about how you can make their lives easier. That's part of what you're trying to do here is you want to deliver something they want and need in the easiest way possible. Yeah, make it as painless as possible. Mm -hmm. Make it as easy as possible. I mean, that's part of Apple's shtick, right? The whole idea behind Apple, and, and you've referenced this several times. And this is the, also the reason that I use Apple uh, stuff is for me, it makes my life easier. It's supposed to just work, and it's not 100% perfect. Nothing is, right? Right. But, 
by and large, I can count on the Apple products that I use to just get out of my way so I can do the work that I need to do. Right. I mean, the whole marketing strategy behind Apple is user-friendly, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like that's literally what they tell you is that it's user-friendly, and I can't tell you how many times I hear that because people try to convince me to switch you know, my, my computer system to Apple, and they're like, oh, it's user-friendly, it's user-friendly. That's the biggest argument. It's mm -hmm. user-friendly. It mm -hmm. makes life easier. So. Right. So consider that when you're, when you're working on this stuff. Okay. So... Next Let's market this. Do, yeah, next thing we do is actually get into the marketing part of it. And this is just like anything else in life where like 90% of it is the crap we have to deal with and the 10% <laughs> is the fun part. So 10% of it is the actual marketing. Um, and this is where you look at what are my options to market and pick from your options. And again, like this isn't a complete list. I just kind of threw a couple of things that... I feel like are the easiest go-tos. So things like creating a Facebook ad, creating an Instagram ad, doing a model call, asking for referrals, partnering with local businesses, sending out mailers, uh, putting ads in newspapers, magazines, local radio stations or TV, which I don't recommend. TV and radio stations are so like, the 90s <laughs> <laughs> right no i mean everybody's way. watching netflix and hulu now nobody right. nobody watches tv anymore so if you can do an ad on like amazon prime yeah i mean unless you know. <laughs> unless you've actually identified that your target client is a person who's watching like the local news every right. night at 10 p.m or something so other things could be uh, reaching out directly to clients or creating blog posts creating promotions on your website doing things you know, separately. Um, but those are just a few ideas and I can post those in the, in the chat um, for you guys to see. So then you start picking how much each one of these is going to cost. So I make a category of marketing ideas that are free, that aren't going to cost me anything other than my time. Marketing ideas that are under $100, marketing ideas that are under 300 and marketing ideas that are under 500 and sometimes I'll go up higher, but that's if I'm putting an ad in a magazine or things like that. Um, typically, I would say for most people, you could spend under $500 and have a fantastic marketing plan that actually gets you clients. Um, to me, spending $500 to get one client is totally worth it because typically my session fee covers that one client. I would obviously like to see more come out of that money, but my break-even point, so like you have to know where your break-even point, are you willing to spend $500 for a client or are you just going to want to spend $100 to get that one client or $50 or nothing? Mm -hmm. And so that's where you have to set a budget and you have to stick to it. Um, again, it, you have to stick to a budget. It has to be measurable. Like your goal has to be measurable and your budget is, once you set it, that's it. Like it's set in stone. So many people start adding to their budget with the hope of getting more people. But what you need to do is once your marketing efforts are done and if you didn't get anything for whatever budget you had set, at that point, you need to reevaluate. Go back and see why it didn't work. Mm-hmm and then redo it and then you can up your budget if that was truly the problem right and and one of the things that that i'd like to add uh and this is this is really hard so i'm not pretending that this is easy um but 
if you're creating ads, right, like whether it's a Facebook Facebook ad or, or a mailer or anything else like that, think about the ads that you see and the ads that you click on, if you click on ads, and the ads that you hate. And make right. the kind of ad that you want to see because that's the kind of ad that another person is going to see, right? So don't just put a, put, make your ad just putting on blast. Hey, I take, you know, uh, baby photos. Come hire me to take your baby photos, right? Nobody gives a shit. I'm sorry, but nobody gives a shit. Rather, it's, you know, like Zara said, oh, you know, got a fussy kid, want great photos, but can't, can't even imagine trying to get them into an outfit and then into the studio. Let's go to the park. And you just let your kid play, and I promise you amazing photos that you will love, right? Right. Or the ad is actually you, a behind-the-scenes of you doing that, right? A little video of you doing that, taking the photos and then showing the photos on screen and, you know, a little bit of copy. Something like that. Don't, don't just, you know, this isn't – your ad is a billboard, but billboards are so terrible because it's just like, look at me, look at me. And don't do a look at me ad. Do an ad that's addressing the thing, the problem yep. that you're trying to solve. Provide the solution. Yes. And I will say personally for me, like I pay a copywriter. I pay someone to write my copy for me because I am terrible at it. And so what I do is I take my marketing dollars and I spend it on her. Typically, my marketing is word of mouth. It's putting out blog posts. It's putting out content on Facebook or Facebook or Instagram ads. Mm -hmm. Those are not very expensive, but I find that they work better for me. But you have to have the right wording. Like one tagline or a slight difference in a tagline could make a world of difference. So I pay someone who does it professionally and she provides me with my information, the exact wording, like she even puts in the emojis and everything else that saves me time. Mm -hmm. And I know now my ads are way more effective. So that's where I choose to spend my marketing dollars versus putting it in like a magazine for that school. Like they actually just called me. That's why I remembered about it to try to do another annual contract and I was like ah, no mm -hmm. uh, because I like those $1,400 can actually get me several ads from my copyright and I have the images and therefore there's my marketing and mm -hmm. I can stick to my budget um, so know your weaknesses and then use those marketing dollars in the areas that you're weak in right and another thing to remember is that when we're talking about ads this is just one avenue and, and Drew, right. did, Drew did say, as a former BDC for a car dealership, do not spend a dime on radio ads. <laughs> <laughs> or TV. Yeah. Right, or TV. But don't forget, in-person marketing, you know, building your network. That's part yep. of your marketing plan. That should be part of your marketing plan. Um, you know, just creating content that you share across whatever your social media platforms are. That is part of your marketing plan. Yep. All of these things are the piece of that. So marketing isn't just creating ads, spending money on ads. Right. It is all of these things that build awareness around the solutions that you provide and create the connections with your potential clients and let them yep. know that you are there to solve their problem. Exactly. And just like Mike, like when we're talking about Mike's, you know, issue with clients, yep. it's, 
hey put out those educational ads yeah you know one of the things because i know he does a lot of product photography i would you know take a couple of pictures of different products with my phone and then take them with my camera and show them what the difference is within oh this is something you can do with your iphone but this is something you can do if you hire a professional and this is the difference in the images mm-hmm. um and then, you know, in there, talk about, okay, these these are the expectations. Putting out content that is helpful is going to make you a, someone who you're, who is trusted and someone who's an expert. So, like, if you're just, for example, with child, children photography, right, giving tips on what outfits to wear, giving tips on how to bribe your kids, giving tips on how to, you know, interact with them or like, oh, you know what, you're a newborn photographer. Okay, make sure that baby is fully fed, you know, come prepared with diapers and wipes and, you know, bring formula if you're, you know, formula feeding them or be prepared to, you know, breastfeed your baby at the session, like providing them with all this information on how to prepare. Even if these clients don't come to you, you are going to start being the trusted advisor and at some point they are going to come to you because you're going to be presented as the expert in your field Mm -hmm. absolutely drew has a comment he said making sure you have at 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 a minimum a spreadsheet of what ads you're running and and your Mm -hmm. other marketing efforts track what you're doing yeah track what you're doing that goes back to what zara was talking about with the make added, sure you can measure it. Yeah, right. make sure you can measure it. Absolutely. All right. Uh, TC says, Spiros and Zara, I'm sure those marketing ideas have uh, proven useful to you both. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, for me, my entire YouTube channel is proof that putting out useful content um, is a good marketing plan because yep. that's what I do. And the idea is that people will then come to me as the expert and buy my courses. Boom. Yep. Right. Um, When I was shooting weddings pretty much exclusively, um, our entire blog was, it barely had any just like, oh, here is, you know, our wedding photos from so-and-so's wedding. Like, yes, we put some of those up, but the majority of it was how to find your perfect wedding dress, you know, how to get your bridesmaids to, you know, not complain about their dresses, planning your honeymoon. Hey, here is what you need to do on the day of, you know, we had one on, Uh, an emergency kit for your wedding that like, oh my God, it had so many views Uh, because those are the things that like my clients were looking for, right? Like Mm -hmm. they're brides who are planning their wedding. So if I can provide them with information that's helping them with their day and then they're seeing beautiful images in there, guess who they're going to keep coming back to for their photos? And maybe they don't book me for their wedding, but I became their trusted advisor. And so now when they have kids, when they want family photos, they just want couples photos, they're gonna keep coming back to me. Yep. And our second episode of the podcast is social media marketing, is an entire hour talking about just that and how to use and how to execute with that. So if you haven't, if you weren't part of that stream or didn't listen to that podcast, go check that out because that'll expand on that entire segment. And that is essentially free in terms of dollars because you just need to produce the valuable content. Right. Kim just pointed out that we didn't really go back to TC's original question, which was like, can you be a silent marketer? Right. Um, And yes, you can definitely. I have a referral program and an ambassador program for my businesses. So one of the things that I do with the, the ambassadors is that they get certain perks, like they don't technically get anything for free, like they're still paying, 
but they do get certain perks like they get discounts they get referral money things like that for everyone that they refer and so my ambassadors for my boudoir business their job is to be active in my private group to be active in the community and to send people to me by showing their images and it does a couple of different things for me i don't have to market myself like they're already talking me up i get marketing images because they have to sign a model release and it makes me look really great when someone else is referring I have a set referral program with my everyday clients, like my portrait clients and things like that, where any business that they send to me, they get a kickback from that. Um, I, you can do it in different ways. You can provide them with free sessions. You can provide them with just gift cards, cash, whatever. Uh, to me, just paying them cash is the best way. Some, most of my clients will say, hey, can we just turn that into credit for future sessions? But again, they are promoting me and they're getting a thank you gift in return and I don't have to do much of it because I know it's really hard for people to go out and kind of boast about how great they are because that's what it always feels like is we're, you know, just being so, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm not sure. like Mm -hmm. self-centered, like you don't want to look that way. Right, right. But Arrogant almost. Yes, like you don't want to come off as arrogant, but you also should know like what you bring to the table. Like be confident in what you bring to the table. That's not I don't think that's being arrogant. But mm-hmm. anyway, so yes, I think you can definitely self-promote without truly self-promoting. Right. He he does have a follow-up question. He says, "How do you check their activity uh to to know that they're that they are being your ambassadors, that they are being doing the kind of work that you're expecting?" So I actually don't <laughs> uh, because I, and I've done this like over the years, I've just kind of learned my lesson. And actually one of my really good friends, Darcy here was the one who kind of was like, okay, if they're, if they're paying for products that you're not going to care. And it's not that I don't care. It's that in the past, my ambassador program has always been, they get free images and I would have, I would have some girls who were great and they would do everything. They would send me a ton of people. And then I would have those that like came in, did their session, got their free pictures and they were out. Mm -hmm. And so now that they pay for that, so like they come in, their session fee is waived, but they're still paying for hair and makeup. That's their booking fee. So I'm not out anything out of pocket. And then they come in for a sales session and they order products just like anyone else. They get a little bit of a discount on their products but they have to pay for those. They don't get anything for free. And when they are paying for it, if they don't send me anyone, I didn't waste my time. My hair and makeup girl got paid, I got paid. And so if they don't send me anyone, cool. Mm -hmm. But most of my girls, because they pay for it, they're valuing what they got and they are gonna continue to send me people. Right, right. Uh, and, and another follow-up from TC, how do you get them to be your ambassadors? Um, I actually have like an application program. So I put okay. out a thing that says, hey, we're looking for you know our 2019 ambassadors. Here is what you would get. Here is what you're responsible for. If this is a good fit, then go ahead and apply and we'll get back to you. And, and so typically I have like 15 or 20 applicants. And from there, about 50% will actually... Um, come back and sign the contract and pay the fee Mm -hmm. Um, and 
that's about it. And then what I do too is from year to year, if there was someone who was really great the year prior and they want to be an ambassador again, by all means, they can come back, especially if they've sent me people. Now, if you haven't sent me anyone, you can't be an ambassador again because you kind of didn't do your job. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> and that goes back to tracking what's happening. So you're kind of uh, you're kind of paying attention, even though you're not necessarily like tracking exactly what they're right. doing. I'm not watching what they're doing, but right. like, when someone comes again, like, you know, I ask, like, where did you come from? Because I also pay my ambassadors. So mm -hmm. like you send me a client for each client, you can either get $50 cash or a hundred dollars credit toward your next session. Right. Um, and once you've sent me five, you get $250 cash, no questions asked. So I need to keep track of how many people they've sent me to be able to pay them. And that's that's the only checking I do. Like, I don't sit there and go, okay, did you like talk to five people today? Did you do this? Did you do that? But what I will do is I will actually give them tips on how to handle those situations. So I'll say, hey, you know, if you see someone in the group who is like, down on themselves or something like that talk them up if you're in a situation like you're at a bridal party or something here are some things that you can bring up to help you like ease into conversation so i do give them some guidance but i don't sit there and track what they're doing all right i don't think we have any other questions so we should probably wrap this up huh yep I think all so. right so challenge of the week Building an entire plan in a week is probably a little much. Plus, we wanted to talk next week about marketing on a budget, right? Yes, sir. All right. So I think a good challenge for this week is for you to do two things. The first two steps of creating your marketing plan here. If you want to take it further, definitely take it further. But the first two steps should be to evaluate your current market and then define the results. Set the goals that your marketing plan is going to deliver, whether it's a certain number of clients, a certain amount of money, or both of those things together. And come back into the group after you've spent that day evaluating your market and put those goals around your marketing plan and report back to the group and let us know what those are for you. Uh, that way we can use that as the foundation for a discussion of actually marketing on a budget next week. Sound good, Zara? Sounds perfect. All right. In addition to that, if you want to check out our merch store at shp.photo slash bizmerch and pick up any of the cool items here to support the show, we would be wonderfully grateful. And once again, I saw a couple of people who mentioned that they'd be in for wine glasses. If you are interested in wine glasses, let us also know in the group. And we'll take a tally on that and see if it's something that's feasible to do. But yeah, if you guys have any questions, you know where to find us. And we're always happy to help. Absolutely. We will see you next week for the show. Make sure and you have on, a wonderful week. Yes. And on Monday, make sure you check out the podcast to catch the first part of our yes. coaching call. Yes. Yes, please do. Cheers to everyone. Have a wonderful week. Bye. Bye, guys. <laughs>